previously on The Adventure Zone. Minerva finds herself uncharacteristically unprepared for what she sees through her portal. It is not Sylvain. What Minerva sees is light. Pieces of a puzzle that she's been solving her entire life begin sliding slowly closer together. Uh, he holds out this black case, and inside you see that orange brick, the explosive Simtex. One of the three of us is known to spontaneously catch fire, so yeah, it's not great. I'm gonna hand it to the adult, Duck. What is it that you hope to accomplish? Peace. I'm looking for peace. Everybody seems to be, like, re-energized. You can hear the interpreter's unspoken pleas. You have powers beyond anything I've ever seen, Aubrey. You've restored life to the dead. Aubrey, you're not from Sylvain. You are Sylvain. I am Sylvain. Do you mean that in the way of like, if like a lieutenant said to like a loose cannon cop, like, I'm taking you off the street. And the loose cannon cop said, you can't take me off the street. I am the street. You say this and your voice is just like echoing throughout this massive subterranean chamber as the uh, elevator reaches the the observation floor below. And like right now, Aubrey, everybody is just looking at you. And Janelle responds and she says, yes, only in this example... You would be literally correct. You, you, you would be the street. What? Okay, but like, I, okay. Janelle, um, I don't mean to poke holes because listen, I love, I love fan theories and you've got yourself a great one there. But like, I, I was a kid, uh, I, in, in, you know, earth, uh, I have parents, uh, I, you know, had a first kiss. And then the same night, a second kiss. It was a good night. And I've, you know, I grew up in, I went to school. I'm not a planet. Uh, you're, you're interrupted by a voice you hear in your mind as uh, Alexandra is now speaking to you. And she says, Miss Sylvain, I uh, humble myself before your blessed presence and beseech thee to intervene for the sake of your children. I offer up my spirit to receive your- quiet, quiet, quiet. Too loud, too loud, too loud. I offer up my spirit to receive your Alexandra. voice as my forebears did before me. Alexandra, I hear you. Cool. I guess your spirit's mine now. I'm trying to talk to Janelle. Janelle? Vincent grabs your hand as he's kneeling to the floor, and he says, Sylvain, my protector, Rose, I, I'm, stop. I would like to confess my sins and vices, my most brilliant light. Okay, I do kind of want to hear your sins and vices, but we'll do that later. Janelle, um, how do you mean? Is, am I, like, possessed by Sylvain? I'm not entirely sure of how your relationship works, Aubrey, but when you look at what you are capable of, when you look at what you can do, there, there is no other answer. You do magic, too? What are you talking—like, I'm not the only person who does magic. 
I've never revived anyone as a ghost. I've never brought... I've, I've never re-energized my, my, my cohorts, Aubrey. I, I feel it now. I feel your energy flowing through me, making me... Gross. ...stronger. I, I, Aubrey, I don't know how to talk to you right now. I've just discovered that you are the divine planet upon which I walk. So okay, but you this just said those words. Janelle, you said those words out loud. Like you know how si- I am not. I I'm not. You're not walking on me. I'm. I am a person standing over here talking. And I'm. I have. You know, hair. Planets don't have hair. Uh, you hear a rumbling uh, from from below as you uh, peek over the edge of this observation platform, uh, and you see uh, below you. You see, you know, beneath this massive crystal, this void that just stretches down as far as your eye can see, uh, and you see faint red light sort of flashing through it, uh, and and down there you hear the quell, and. Obviously, like it is hard for you to tell by these noises what it is saying, what's what its intentions are, but you can tell that it is it's angry. And Janelle says, Aubrey, listen to me. Has my wisdom ever led you astray? No. Well, you kinda fucked up with the mountain thing. I that was know. my pa- that was yes, that was my bad as everybody you- gets one. Everybody yeah. gets one. Thank you. I don't you. want to get in, but I mean everybody gets one. We will figure out the how, the hows and the whys and the what fors after we have saved our planets. But Aubrey, you need to trust me. You hold Sylvain within you. You hold Sylvain within you. And the Quell is furious and attempting to destroy both of our worlds because the Quell thinks that Sylvain is gone forever. The oh. quell is the quell's the counterpart to the light of Sylvain. They're two halves of, of, of one whole. They're the force that holds this world together. And and right now it's raging because it thinks Sylvain is gone. But it's you gotta show it, Aubrey. You need to show it that it's in you. The quell loves you. Quell's crazy about you. Okay. And uh, Vincent Vincent speaks up. He says, "Okay, wait. If 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 she's supposed to show the quell that um." That she's Sylvain, why don't we just go back upstairs and, you know, find one of those weird bug monsters or whatever, and she can just say it, like, hi, I'm Sylvain. Uh, nice to see you again. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure it works that way. What do you think, Janelle? These monsters are just mere projections. You, you will need to, as corny as this sounds, speak to the heart of the quell. And it, uh, it feels dangerous, though, right? Like, I, this seems... Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, on our world, you can get sick from, like, cell phones. I can't imagine it's a good idea to be close to the quell. Okay, I just went, listen, I'm fine with that. There's an element of danger in basically everything we've done for the last, like, forever. And so that's cool. I just want to make sure we are all on the same page about how heroic the thing I'm probably going to end up doing is. Okay, cool. It, it's uh, going to be epic. It'll be an epic story. Oh, cool. Thanks, Thacker. Okay, Onward and downward, I He's guess. He's picking back up on the lingo, I guess. <laughs> oh, I see. On. Okay. Yeah, we don't want to do an epic fail. Oh, no, yeah, he's flossing. Oh, yeah. no. That yeah. is flossing. Um, you all hear a gasp from uh, behind you, and you turn to see Alexandra, and she's leaning over uh, one of the sides of the viewing platform, and she shouts, uh, um, uh, Something's coming! And from below, you hear this deep... Uh, amplified whistling and you look over the edge and downward off this viewing platform and you just see 
gray. The red light that was flashing below is just gone, and now it's just gray, dark gray at the bottom of this chasm. Um, But the whistling, it continues and it gets louder and louder, and you realize that this gray is moving toward you like water boiling over a pot, and then it's it's right on you and it stops just at the edge of the viewing platform and there's like wisps of it just rolling over your shoes. It's, it's stopped right there. Um, and it's that same sort of cloud that you saw uh, in, in the archway room. It's the same like smoke that you saw in the main drag outside. And it's just rushed upward to meet you and stopped just shy of like consuming this entire chamber that you're uh, standing in. And it's just formed this sea of gray fog at your feet. It's, it's silent in the room and Vincent says, this is going to be very bad, isn't it? Yeah, I'd be my guess. What what the fuck is this? Something answers your question, and it's it's not any of you all. You see a small spire form in the fog. Just just as something shoots upwards through it. You see just a small red shape just pop pop right up through the through the smoke. Um, and as that appears, Vincent takes like a step back from the edge of the platform and he's holding his cheek with surprise and when he pulls his hand away he's got a, a, a little bit of blood he has a small cut on his face and then you see dozens hundreds more of these these holes form in the mist as other small red bird-like creatures uh, begin flying around the room uh, encircling the crystal in a flock um, and as they go you also see just like crawling up the walls you see these red tubes um, almost like almost like veins, like branching off one another and just encircling this entire chamber. Uh, And some of them, like the tallest of them, start reaching with like sickly arms across the void toward the crystal. Um, And you also notice that a few like stalks of these like red tubes have started to uh, encircle the edges of this viewing platform that you're standing on, just wrapping around uh, its heavy supports, uh, just creeping in your direction. Uh, what do you all do? Who wants to go first? Uh, so you said there's like a swarm of things, right? Yeah, it's like a uh, it's like a one of those coordinated swarms, like a murder of crows, like or a, a murder of crows, or a conflagration say. of a flamboyance of flamingos. Yes, uh, <laughs> and they are just like they are picking up around the edge of the room and starting to circle back towards towards the platform. I am going to do a blast of magical flame, young wizard. <laughs> this is just an attack, right? Yes. Okay, let's see it. Kick some ass. Uh, Ooh, that's a good guy. Uh, that's a, a nine, good ass kicking. Uh, plus two, because currently I'm still down one, right? You are still down one, yes. So that uh, gives that... me an 11. Okay, what uh, what extra effect do you want to do in addition to your damage? I'm going to put it, uh, move it where I want it to keep it from uh, flying at us. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, so like a bi- like a big enough blast that I both do damage and probably the heat is like going to sear some of them away, you know. Okay, I like that. Yeah. How much how much damage does your cuz I know you've like upgraded your your nasty yep. magic. It is uh 4 damage total. Two Holy shit. Yeah, two harm for fire and two harm uh for blast. Okay. Um I mean with that like uh, like three quarters of the birds as they like all swoop and dive down at your party uh, are just incinerated instantly and they just turn into this red mist that you see just get sucked back down into the cloud. Uh, and the rest of the birds, like you have your hand outstretched and a few of them like zip by it and your your hand gets cut up a bit for uh, for two harm. 
Um, but as they fly away, you notice that you have just like you have you have obliterated pretty much all of them at this point. Uh, and just a few a scant few birds are now uh, beginning their loop back around the room. Um, Thacker, what do you do? I think Thacker jumps off the observation platform into the gray mist. Okay. Thacker's gone. Uh, Duck, what do you... (laughs) That that was a chill run. Dad, you got a third character lined up there? (laughs) So what's up? What's Kirby been up to? I've always had another character lined up. Do you just do it? Do you say any dope shit before you do it, or do you just do it? Dad's just trying to fill out our fucking action figure line. Yeah. <laughs> Make the show a little more toyetic. And this this is the one. Do you remember he did this for two episodes? Lightning Boy. Yeah. It's weird. It's so weird. <laughs> He's watching all this going on. He sees Aubrey, you know, fighting off the, the, the birds. He, he sees Duck, you know, planning whatever he's going to do. And I think he just stares down into this pit, that giant gray mass. Remembers that that's where he had the the big confrontation with the heart and and says, "You asked me if I was coming. Here I come," and just leaps off the observation platform, heading for the mist. Okay, as Thacker foons off the edge of the viewing platform, uh, he sends uh, just a, a a cloud of this mist, just like shooting upwards as he leaves like almost a cartoonish Thacker shaped hole uh, <laughs> in the cloud and you you see him fall. Um, Thacker, why don't you act under pressure for me? Uh, there's an eight plus minus one <laughs> because you wouldn't let me do the other things. Right. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Just another day. When you have to act under pressure due to a monster phenomenon or mystical effect, you may roll plus weird instead of plus cool. There you okay. Go. That, that plus counts. weird to eight is a ten. Thacker, you feel like you've felt this before. You feel this this cool uh, mist like blowing uh, across your face as you dive into the platform and... Um, you feel it trying to take you over. You feel it trying to take you over. And as you are like resisting it, you feel this mist get angry and you suspect that like you are the only one in the room who could pick up on that. Um, and you also see like red streaks soar by you as more uh, entities like climb up the walls of this room to a- attack the, the the people coming in from the top. And you manage to, for whatever reason, not just get completely, you know, demolished by one of these things. And uh, let's just leave Thacker falling for a little bit. Uh, Duck, what do you do? Uh, I, I'm going to start uh, hacking at the the things that are trying to ensnare the viewing platform. Okay, uh, there's basically, like, there's some on the left side of the platform where uh, Vincent is standing, and then there's some on the other side of the platform where uh, Janelle and Alexandra are are, are standing. Janelle, like, to... Janelle, like, ran over there to, to pull Alexandra away from the edge. I'm going to head on over to Vincent's side, because I, I think that those other two have it handled. Okay. Uh, you're just going to do, you're going to kick some ass? Yeah, kick some ass. Uh, whatever the ass of weird pipe vines are. Listen, we, we, we learned this from the expansion children's book for this game. Everything's got an ass. 
That's 20d6. No asses are left. You rolled no a 66. Oh, that's, wow, that's, cool. that's pretty close. 11 plus 2 is a 13. Jesus Christ. And I have an advance move. Ooh. I'll kick some ass when I level up. I took advanced. What does it do now? I can pick an enhanced effect on a 12 plus, which is what I have. Oh my God. I, uh, I'm going to, my attack drives the enemy away in a route. God. So that is what I'm going to do. Okay. Because uh, that's all I need it to do. Uh, what's, what's this look like? Uh, I, I kind of feel like I, he's frantically sort of like, like watching someone chop at vines that, you know, growing on the side of their house in a rage. I think that Beacon is so excited to have something to hit repeatedly that it's almost kind of a blur, just him swinging Beacon over and over again, just hacking them with what appears to be, from the numbers, a real intense brutality. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, you, I, I I think with that extra effect, like, the harm is no longer important. Like, this thing, you, you just sever it, and it, like, sprays this, this red mist up and into the air as it uh, un, unspools from where it was holding onto the platform, and it falls down into... Uh, in down into the mist, and you see like the other arm that was holding this, like spasm in a panic, uh, and and also fall back down. And some of these veins that were like all around the walls, uh, also kind of start to slink. The ones that were reaching out towards the crystal, like these long, uh, sinewy red arms, they just now they droop down and and like splash down into the mist. And then Duck says, "Looks like that time Swordman had the edge." Guys, I'm thinking about Swordman. What is that? Is that anything? Uh, if you go with go with Swordman, you're in the pit. Oh, go with you're in the pit. Another for me. You you see Janelle and uh, Alexandra take a step back from where that other tentacle just kind of got uh, destroyed. Uh, and you see them, like, as they take a step back, the edge of the viewing platform that they were standing on, uh, like, completely collapses uh, from from where this this tendril uh, started to smash against it, Uh, and you can tell that Janelle's, like, mind is reeling about what to do, and she turns to the two of you, and she says, I know you haven't known Thacker all that long. Uh, I haven't either, but, um... Should we trust him? Oh, with the jumping? Um, you know, it's pretty shitty up here, and it's probably a little shittier down there, but it's just gonna get shittier up here, so... Yeah, and Aubrey jumps. Okay. Duck, you are now standing on the platform with Vincent, who looks like shit his pants terrified that everybody's jumping off the platform. Uh, and Janelle shrugs her shoulders and... Uh, Alexandra looks kind of nervous, but like grips her hand tight and the two of them jump off the platform. And now it's just you and Vincent. And Vincent says, Um, uh, someone should stay up here and defend the elevator, I think. Are you volunteering or were you hoping I would? I'm just saying they could get up the elevator and hurt all the people up in the castle. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna protect these survivors. And he goes and he stands on the, uh, on the elevator and, uh, you know, strikes a strikes a combat pose, holding his spear, and he says, "Um, and uh, you've got an appointment, I think, at the center of the world. So, um, good luck, Duck." 
Yeah, you kind of volunteered me to jump off Stop. the elevator, huh? I wish you the luck of the ancients, duck. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's nothing. I uh, wish you the luck of the stars. Of, and the birds like swoop yeah, down and he like ev- eviscerates a couple of them and like kind of weaves around them. He says, okay, uh, this is fun, but uh, <laughs> it's pretty bad up here. So you don't have to goat me into it. Ah, and then I fall uh, off the edge. <laughs> That's a sword man original. <laughs> Duck, you are falling. You know what? Aubrey wouldn't need to. Duck, why don't you roll to act under pressure? God, 11. That's another 11. Roll 20 cool. knows. When we're in a finale territory, it knows. Yeah. Um, Duck, you felt this way like slightly when you were in the, uh, the room in the FBI headquarters where the archway was, but now you like... Now that you're closer to the to the core, like you feel like this thing is trying to take a hold of you, um, and it's it's like nothing. It is like nothing. You shrug off the quell's influence uh, just effortlessly. Plus my two, I rolled a thirteen. Okay, so my other advanced one that I got was act under pressure. So I'm going to add, you may either do what you wanted and something extra or do what you wanted to absolute perfection. I want to do, I want my something extra to be, I want them to be afraid. You want the monsters to be afraid? Of me. Okay. <laughs> He's dodging so good. I want them to be, want, to wonder what I am. I want them afraid. You step off the viewing platform and the world just disappears and you feel this quiet cold mist just whipping past your face and you're falling through this dense opaque cloud for what feels like ages and you don't see anybody else who who leapt off um until as quickly as this cloud enveloped your senses you 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 pass through the bottom of this this strata of fog and now you're falling down through just this gargantuan cavern bigger even than than the one you were just in and you're going downward closer to the core um, and you, you see things in this room on the walls, climbing up through the, the passage you just fell through, and you see it by this, this pulsating red light, uh, and the pulses are, like, slow, and you see these, these things, like, just nightmarish, enormous insects, and, um, these huge, like, snakes, and these fast, kind of, like, creepy, twitchy apes, and all of these different, like, beasts made out of this red material, all just, like, clambering up towards the surface. As you fall and you get closer to the core, that pulsing duck, it starts to pick up. It starts to get a little bit faster. Uh, almost like there is something happening to the quell where, uh, it is you are doing something that it did not anticipate. And you see all of these different beasts start to react. You see these like apes that were like clambering all over each other to get upward. Uh, Now they're like fighting each other to jump back down. And you see one of the snakes, like this huge bullet train sized snake, just like fucking nope, right back down the hole from whence it came. Uh, And then right below you, you see the rest of your party also falling uh, you know, it, it's several dozen feet in front of you. Aubrey waves. Uh, Aubrey waves at you. Thacker is is at the bottom, uh, and you see Janelle and Alexandra all just like falling. And while like a lot of these, you've you've turned away a lot of these these beings. You see some of them 
begin to strike. You see some like you see a mass of these insects sprout wings and start fluttering toward you and you see a, a few of these apes like howl and point at you and coil their legs and spring towards you like a bullet. And then the wall that they leapt from explodes and they disintegrate and the the insects disappear in this cloud of debris sending this red mist spraying in all directions and as the chaos settles you see two enormous eyes appear as all of you land gently and neatly in a 10 foot wide paw ah and you see Heathcliff effortlessly swatting away these beasts and he's he's smiling who's a good boy <laughs> You know I don't like that, but right now, Aubrey, it's me. Yes, you are. (laughs) A world away, the town of Kepler, West Virginia, continues its unlikely battle against a would-be cosmic conqueror. Ranger Juno Divine races through the cramped hallways of City Hall, a crashing wave of quell terrors close behind. She slides beneath a makeshift barricade into the city council chambers, leaping over rows of folding chairs with track star grace and ease. The horde, several dozen strong, barges in behind her, annihilating the defenses hastily built by the combined strength of the West Virginia Forestry Service. Juno vaults a wooden railing, leaps off of a counselor's desk, and onto the stage at the far side of the room. She takes a beat, and surveys the size and ferocity of the coming storm. Then, she looks to her side and nods. A thick fire curtain drops inches in front of her. She dives backwards as the quell terrors collide with the thick, reinforced fabric. She smiles. Little secret about the Forestry Service, gang. We confiscate all manner of stuff trying to prevent forest fires. The beasts scratch at the curtain, their fury mounting. And unfortunately for y'all, I'm a pack rat. The doors into the chamber slam shut. Juno shouts a command from behind the curtain. Objects rain down from the gallery above. A gas canister. A propane tank. Crackling projectiles from a Roman candle. The West Virginia Forestry Service cheers in unison as the otherworldly horde burns in a deluge of flaming contraband. East and down the river, Keith leads a squadron of loyal hornets against the nightmares pouring from a nearby rift. The stunt crew has been routed, driven to the flimsy roof above the skeletal remains of their former headquarters, As his companions throw bricks, boards, and buckets at their emboldened attackers, Keith's mind races with fear. He looks for a way out. He looks for hope on the horizon. He finds hope flying down the side of Mount Kepler. Hollis leads the remaining hornets, biking in formation, down the drag from cliffside, brakes sliding into the dirt lot surrounding the hornet's nest. The beasts turn to face them, but Hollis pays them no mind. Through the visor of their helmet, Hollis grins and nods at Keith. Keith smiles with relief on the verge of tears. Hollis holds up a hand, and their squadron revs their engines in unison. The terrors charge, and the bikes peel off. They snake in a perfect line, a furious circle around the battlefield. Dust whips up, mixing and overtaking the quell's supernatural storm. The beasts wail in protest. On the roof, 
Keith dons his helmet. The others do the same. One by one, they leap down, back into the storm, back into the fray. And atop Mount Kepler, Minerva and Leo Turkesian stand back to back, their blades cleaving air and quell flesh in a synchronized psychic dance. Leo growls, ramming his broadsword through the gut of an enormous vulture, grimacing with effort as he slams it to the ground in a shower of red mist. He kicks the terror off his blade and gasps with exhaustion as he turns to check on his fellow warrior. Minerva stands in a readied crouch, her blade held above her head and outward, her other hand outstretched in a fencer's pose. A knee-high pile of quickly decomposing quell invaders lie at her feet. She is completely motionless, even her breathing indiscernible. Leo catches a glimpse of her expressionless face in the moonlight. Uh, Minerva, not to, um, not to, you know, quibble when we're fighting for our lives and all, but you, uh, I, I, you are all there now, right? Her apprentice's words do not register at all. Minerva battles on pure reflex and instinct. Her mind is sunken into a contemplative trance. She ponders the world of light seen just beyond the archway. She ponders her own fallen homeworld and the world she destroyed. Outside of her mind, she strikes down another foe. Within, she knows it to be a hollow victory. Minerva pays little heed to the battle at hand. She is, as always, thinking of the battle to come. We see a tranquil scene deep below the surface of Sylvain. An enormous open temple with pillars of white stone sits in the middle of a shallow pond. Small streams of water fall from cracks in the ceiling above, raining down into this pond, framing the building, where small green beds of flowers have sprouted up through ancient tiles. And the scene is peaceful and still until Heathcliff Kool-Aid mans it from a wall behind this temple, uh, sending boulders crashing down into this pond. And he wriggles through this makeshift tunnel that collapses behind him and deposits you all at the entrance to uh, this temple. And it looks a lot more like verdant and lively than anything else you've seen on the surface. And um, Heathcliff says like he's preening now. He's like trying to get all the dust and debris out of his fur. And he says, boy, you all just... Y'all have to come up with better plans than that. You just you just jumped into a jagged, craggy cavern. Were you at least thinking happy thoughts? Well, my mom always said, if your friend jumped into a smoky cavern, would you? And it turns out, yes. So th- it all comes down to peer pressure. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but you didn't you're even- You're blaming peer pressure. You didn't even put the peer pressure on. You just went. You didn't say shit. I did. I said, yes, when I was coming, blah, 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 blah. You didn't say to us. You weren't like, hey, here's why I'm going to jump. I know something you don't. I just assumed you knew something we didn't. Yeah, but that's the whole cool line thing. You don't want to have to explain them. I think next time you jump into a pit, you should give us like a one sentence synopsis of why. Well put. I I accept your criticism. Yeah. So anyways, we didn't really have a plan, but it all seemed to work out. You know, I'm going to make you pay for this, right? Not in like an intimidating way, but in monetarily speaking. You mean like literally? 
I guess I do mean it literally, yes. Like, literally, we're going to pay for it. Uh, Janelle and Alexandra are looking around this this big stone temple, um, and you see uh, you, you see Janelle, like, spark this green, Doobie. small, like, duber in the middle of it, and she smokes out, and it's fucking funny. It's like Family Guy. <laughs> uh, no, she, she sparks this green flame and, and, like, makes a small campfire in the middle of this, this chamber, which is actually, like, kind of cold. Um, and Alexandra's like looking around with wonder in her eyes. Uh, and you all see like, this is, this is obviously some sort of like ancient, uh, you know, holy place. Uh, and there are also like dirty, big Heathcliff paw prints all over it. Uh, so you can tell that like Heathcliff chills in here for whatever reason. Uh, and he says, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It was the only place I could think to uh, take you where I knew it was safe. Um, so I got some dead fish. Ooh, <laughs> I love that. Where are we right now in relation to the, to the quill? Alexandra is like looking around and as she is looking, you see Janelle like kind of smiling at her and Janelle says, tell them Alexandra. And she turns and she says, I think we're right above it. Uh, and sh- she walks towards the rest of you uh, all around this this green fire, and she says, "So if I'm if I'm right about this, when an interpreter comes of age, they make their their pilgrimage to um, to this place. It's the uh, it's called the Source, and it's the nearest that a Sylvan is is allowed to approach the the core where you know Sylvain dwells, or I guess where the um, where the Quell d- dwells as well. That was unintentional. That was nice though. <laughs> yeah." Very nice. Uh, and Janelle says, and I'm I'm guessing from the paw prints that mar every inch of this sacred place that Heathcliff has been helping himself to this temple's font of arcane energies. Is is that right, Heathcliff? And he makes like an ain't I a stinker face. And that would explain all the big hey, cat duties around. <laughs> hey, Heathcliff, did you used to be a normal cat? And then you got hit by these gamma rays or whatever, and now you're like a wild, giant, smart cat. He puts his pinky claw like up to his mouth, and he's like, I'll never tell. Okay. Yeah, that's... Okay, well, something happened. Yeah, that's what I did. Aubrey steps <laughs> up uh, into the green light. So it's really dramatic looking, you know? Yeah. Like, really cool. Um, Everybody, it, we have a second here. I need to, like, take a moment of Aubrey time and, like, mm. breathe and think for a second. I'm going to go, like, step over there and she just kind of generally points somewhere else um so just give me a minute and alexandra please don't like think any thoughts at me please um okay uh okay i'll go over there and like sing a little song or something to distract myself okay does anybody have any puzzles or some small puzzles or games probably not that was stupid duck you always have puzzles all right so if the man had seen the sawdust, he wouldn't have died. It's a lateral thinking puzzle. You can now ask me yes or no questions. But that was like a now that's a thinking puzzle, duck. Just like a cr- what is invisible? Okay, it's an animal, light. vegetable, or it's, mineral. Now listen, it's invisible, and it doesn't you can't see it. You can't smell it. You can't taste it. But if you put it in a barrel. It'll make the barrel lighter. <laughs> Aubrey walks away. Helium. Helium. It's helium. It's incorrect. Aubrey, you, you walk away le- leaving them uh, entertaining Alexandra in the distance. Uh, what, are you, what are you doing? 
Um, so Aubrey's gonna kind of do a little meditation thing to try to talk to the magic like she has before. Uh, okay. Um, okay, so magic, it's me, Aubrey. Um, any guidance at all, anything, um, any explanation, um, over and out? I think it takes a while, and as you are, as you are meditating in this otherwise serene place, uh, except for all of the riddles happening nearby, and even the sound of that is drowned out by the water falling, uh, eventually, it, it takes a while for you to, like, get in a place where you are able to have this conversation and it's not really like before it's you 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 can't see her you've seen her before but like right now you you cannot um but you can you can you can sense her in a way and then you can sense like her her experiences you can sense her memories and you you did this once before with alexandra but this time it is it is obviously more powerful because you are remembering something from a deity's perspective you are in the center of the planet and just like looking all around at 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 creation as you are just sort of constantly in a state of just always doing and um the quell is there too and the two of you have these like shifting forms. You don't necessarily have just this this one actual tangible form. And you're just sort of like marveling at the world. And then something happens that's actually happened a few times as of late. You sense the um, the fear and the uh, the the anger and the uh, aggression of your people. And you you leave the quell behind and you you go upwards you you just go you go up and into the crystal where you know you usually interface with with your people and now you see them like in their battle attire uh standing in defense around the castle some of them charging down the main drag at uh at this this platform at the edge of town where the archway appeared and through that archway you see humans coming in and you see them pushing a, a a a small like metal it looks like a tube from a distance um and it wheels on on wheels towards you and you see somebody light uh, a fuse at the back of it and it explodes and then you are shattered it 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 glances the side of of this crystal that you were in and now like for the very first time ever, you are disconnected from it. You are contained within a shard of it, and you see others. You 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 catch your reflection in other shards as you fall to the ground. And with that explosion, you hear more, and your people retreat. Um, and you're just lying on the ground, looking upward uh, until a hand picks you up and whisks you away back through the archway. And when you ha- when you like finish that memory, you like you get the sense that it's not complete. It's like a friend telling you a story, but you can tell that like they are not telling you the whole version of it. Um, you get the sense that like there are some walls up between between the two of you. That's that's that is what happens during your meditation. I mean, is she still 
Can I still feel her, like, presence? You still feel her presence in the same way that you always have. But now you realize that, like, the reason that you don't think you are Sylvain, the reason that, you know, the reason that you don't feel like you have the powers of a goddess necessarily are because you have, like, you you have this separation between the two of you, even though she's, like, still within you. So you want to go back, right? I don't want to make you do anything you don't want to do. You feel so badly like you want to go back. Back to the center of this planet and be restored. Okay, I I will do this, but I have one question. What will happen to me? You hear a voice, and it is so muffled that you cannot make out what it is saying, but it is saying something in this divine tone, this this warm and loving tone. You can't quite make out what it says, but it says something that is reassuring. Okay, I trust you. I'll get you back, but I need your help. I need you to fix whatever happened last time I touched the crystal. Help me, I'm... I need to be back at full strength. Hmm. I think if you were trying to, like, forge this connection again, if you were trying to, like, make this thing, make this connection as strong as it once was, I think, I think roll to use magic. Ooh, yes. A 10 plus 2, 12. I think communicate with something that you do not share language with absolutely applies here. Yes. You see her a little bit clearer now, and... Still not all the way there. You still know that there is something separating the two of you, but she is she is showing you more of her her grace and it feels unbelievable and you can faintly see like a smile forming on her face and as as you do, you see another memory of hers. You see yourself in this crystal and you're being passed around sold from like curiosity shop to to curiosity shop or uh, held as treasures uh, through throughout these different families and you see other wars on this planet you see all of these events uh, happening and you are just powerless to do anything you are completely dormant but aware of your surroundings inside of this crystal and you know horrified at what must be happening back back home and it's a terrible place to be until you end up in the possession of a family. And this family seems like really genuinely like good-hearted, unlike a lot of the people who have tried to possess you in the past. And you start to feel yourself like becoming closer with this family and you are handed down through generations and generations and generations. And then Aubrey, like you are now aware that you are being shown this memory uh, for a reason. You see your mom in the delivery room and she is wearing this crystal uh, as a pendant. And she is, she is pushing, right? She is trying to deliver you Aubrey. And you see one of the like nurses reach down to try and take the pendant off. And your mom just like leans over and bites her hand to keep her from, from doing that. And then Aubrey, you are born. And Sylvain is with you. It's a hole! 
a fucking hole. If you put a hole in the barrel, somebody give me a fucking stick so I can draw on the fucking dirt. If you put a hole in the barrel, the barrel gets light. You can't put gas in the barrel to make you fucking sense. You put a hole in the goddamn barrel, Thacker. Oh, a hole. Yeah. Okay. A I, hole. I, Jesus Christ. No, no. I, 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 yeah. Well, when you say it like that, it makes perfect yeah, sense. I understand like completely. Put a hole in the barrel. Does it matter how big the hole is? Could it be a little Fucking hole? go. Seriously, don't. Beacon, okay. get him. All right. <laughs> Aubrey, you are awakened from your trance by this interaction, and you feel powerful again. You feel uh, you feel like you did before you touched the crystal. You catch a glimpse of yourself in the water. Your eyes are still orange, but you don't feel you don't feel drained. You yeah. feel in a, in a way you feel whole again. Yeah, and both of our hands ignite and flame. Yeah. Woo! All right, now Duck steps over the same place that Aubrey just was. Oh, okay. your turn? Okay. And he stands in silence, and then you guys hear distantly, Dear sword Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long since I... Oh, fucking... You promised me you had something real. Never mind. Sorry, guys. He said he had a real thing he had to do. I didn't realize you were just being a dipshit. This whole time, Janelle has been, like, walking around the temple and just, like, poking at things and uh, trying to just, like, get the lay of the land. Uh, and eventually, you see her walk over to the edge of this temple and... <laughs> she walks over to the edge and he's like, see what over so, here. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> you think I'll prefer to go? <laughs> I've been waiting. <laughs> Why am I here? Wait, that's Where's Bono? <laughs> you promised Bono was here. <laughs> You, He's you coming. Her... He's coming. I promise. He just stopped uh, for gas. He'll be here. My dad knows Bono. I'm telling you. <laughs> the uh, Edge. <laughs> <laughs> My dad, Edge Senior. <laughs> uh, she takes a step off the edge of the the temple into this pond, and this land, like beneath the water, rises up to meet her foot, and she just walks like that with this land rising up. Uh, keeping her out of the water uh, until this stone platform rises up, and uh, you all you all can see it. She illuminates it with with the same sort of green uh, torches, and and it is just this large stone, like diamond shaped plate in the ground, and it's it's surrounded on all sides um, by this like barricade of white rope that is tethered to these poles in in the ground surrounding it. And uh, Heathcliff walks over curiously to it, and he says, "Oh, you've you've found it. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I should have told you about that. Part of me hoped that I could still like continue wheezing the juice, as it were. But um, yes, that's that is where it is." And Janelle looks annoyed. Janelle says, "This is um, this is a door, or it's a well, to be precise, that goes." Straight to the core. A straight shot. No no resistance. This will get you there if... And she looks at you, Aubrey, and she says, if you are ready to face what you will meet. Sure. That she, did, I know that didn't sound yeah. very definite, but like, yeah, okay. If you had asked me yesterday, probably no. But here we are. And so, yeah, sure. And were you asking all of us or just... Yeah, she looks at the two of you, too. She says, Duck, Thacker, 
Are you ready? I mean, I'm damn near impervious, so I feel like in for a penny and for a pound, all right? And, and I'm real old, and I really have been counting on you know us not surviving this anyway, so yeah, what the hell? Character three. <laughs> Move on to young, young, sexy ingenue with a talent for daggers and a love for trouble. Well, now I can't use it, Juice. Thanks. Just, Spoiled it. That's mine now. Uh, Heathcliff says, um, just a heads up, gravity starts to fail um, the closer you get down there. It's going to feel super weird, actually. But, um, ah, cool. It, yeah, it should keep we're you from gonna, we, just splattering against whatever's down yeah, there. Yeah, I was going to say, we're going to need gravity to fail. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to fail. You all step up onto the plate, and Janelle says, I will shut the door behind you to ensure that the quell does not invade this sacred place. I... Aubrey, I don't... I've loved Sylvain as... As all of us do. Uh, all of us on, on this planet. All of us are born doing. But I, uh, I... I care for you, Aubrey. Not just the goddess that shares your form, but for, but for you, child. So pl- please come home safe. Oh, okay. Now that you've said something, I was just gonna die. But now... No, of course I will, Janelle. Of course. Come on. I know I shouldn't be saying this to the divine heart of my planet, but you can be a real butt sometimes. <laughs> I know, buddy, I know. She raises her hand, and as she does so, you start to see these lines form in, in the plate uh, below you, and the three of you are, like, lifting up slowly from this platform. Uh, and, and this diamond platform, it, like, splits into quarters, which start to rotate away, and as they do, they split further and further, and they just fracture into these perfectly symmetrical polygons that, that form a ring around you, and they're just crackling with energy as they rotate faster and faster, and then that energy dispels, and you are shot downwards like from a cannon surging through ley lines and through the mantle of the planet. Hey everybody, this is Griffin McElroy. I'm your dungeon master, your best friend, and the starting quarterback for the 1997 Miami Dolphins. Thanks for listening to the Adventure Zone Amnesty, episode 35. Uh, so, the next one, episode 36, is going to be the finale of the Adventure Zone Amnesty. We're wrapping it up in the next episode. And that's a wild thing to say. It's a wild thing to, to be true in my life right now. Uh, and it means that we're going to be moving on to the next story very soon. And we're going to be telling you about it very, very soon. Uh, going to take a little break where we're going to put up some of our uh, wild live shows that we've done recently, which have been uh, other games, other worlds, other short stories. They've all been so fantastic, and I'm really excited that you all are going to finally hear them and then excited that uh, we're, we're going to be able to tell you about what we're doing next. But yeah, the next episode is uh, episode 36. It's going to be the final episode of Amnesty, and uh, I I cannot tell you how much your support has meant to all of us and to, to me this season as we tried out this new thing. It's been great, and I hope that you have uh, enjoyed this story, enjoyed your time in, in Kepler and uh, Sylvain and everywhere else uh, this, this season. Um, we had to push this episode back a week, so the goal is to have the, the finale, episode 36, up next Thursday, uh, September 19th. Uh, if you remember from Balance, the finale for that one was quite late because we wanted it to be 
you know, good. We wanted it to be to be, you know, special and deserving of, you know, the conclusion of the story we were telling. That will probably happen again here, but we will keep you uh in the loop as to as to when the finale is going up. And yeah, I I am excited to to get there. Uh but first, let me tell you about some of our sponsors for this episode. We have an aura frame here at our house and we primarily use it to show pictures of our kids and the fun stuff that we do. And my favorite thing about it is that it's so easy to upload pictures on that as soon as we get home from doing something fun, we just immediately put the pictures up there so we don't forget to do it. You know, because I, I've tried, we try to do picture frames and stuff in the past, and then we never remember to put them on. But with Aura, it's so easy to load it up that it has become kind of a, a digital scrapbook more than anything else. So if you have been looking to get the pictures that are trapped in your phone and set them free in a way that other people can see them, might I recommend Aura Frames. They're stylish, they're easy to use, you're gonna love it. And it was named the number one digital picture frame by Wirecutter, and for a good reason. It's so easy to set up, and they have different frame options, all kinds. And the best part is it comes with unlimited storage. So, right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frames with code ADVENTURE. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com, promo code ADVENTURE. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it's me, the internet's Travis McRoy. Yes, that's right, powerful influencer, Travis McRoy. You know, people are always asking me, Travis... How did you become such a powerful influencer in the world? Well, I'll let you in on my secret. It's Squarespace. Yes, that's right. Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, content you create, or even your time. What? What influencer doesn't do that? I ask you. I'll wait. That's right. None of them. They all do that, and you can do it with Squarespace. Okay, here's uh, just as an aside. You can also use Squarespace even if you're uh, not an influencer, um, and even if the idea of being an influencer uh, makes you throw up a little bit in your mouth, don't worry, Squarespace is still useful. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. With Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. Start with the best-in-class website template and customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. With Squarespace scheduling, clients can quickly view your availability and book their own reservations, appointments, or classes, and you can sell products on an online store. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools for you. So go to squarespace.com adventure for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code ADVENTURE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Chicago! We're coming to you. We're coming for you. We're coming at you. And we're also coming to C2E2. And we're doing live shows. All a bunch of stuff in April. April 24th, we're going to be doing My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is nearly sold out. And Taz, which is selling out fast. So do not wait. April 25th is Taz. April 24th is My Brother, My Brother and Me. April 26th through the 28th, we're doing C2E2. Schedule to be announced. You can get your C2E2 badges now, but you do not need a badge to attend the live shows. Tickets for those shows are on sale at bit.ly slash Tours. All the information's there. Go check it out. Also, we've got a newsletter. 
In case you've been wondering what's the best way to keep up with our new tour dates and announcements and stuff like that, go to bit.ly slash newsletter. And of course, check out all the merch over at macroymerch.com. A lot of great stuff. Fungalore sticker pack, um, naming of the year poster. Uh, we've got the little sailor man pin and 10% of all proceeds this month go to the Foundation for Black Women's Wellness. So go check it out, macroymerch.com. And now back to the show. Thank you to everybody who's been tweeting about the show using the, the Zonecast hashtag. Uh, and, you know, you're not going to end up as a character in Amnesty. I'm afraid the doors are closed on that. But who knows? Who knows what comes next? Regardless, we we really appreciate your support. And you all have been coming out in a big, big way for us uh, as we move into the final episodes here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to gush and gush and gush. All, all over the place. That sounds gross, but we are uh, as as we finish up Amnesty. Um, and yeah, anything you you can do to to help uh, you know get your your maybe geeky it's adjacent friends interested in the show. It means a lot. We've got a bunch of stuff at McElroy.family, including uh, you know live show announcements and a bunch of merch. We got a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, like fanny packs and pins and shirts and whatever the hell, man. I don't know what's on there. I don't have access to the internet, but you do, all at McElroy.family. We have other shows also that we are aligned with, spiritually and emotionally, at Maximum Fun. That is the network uh, that we are a member of. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows there. Shows like Story Break, Beef and Dairy Network, and a whole lot more. That is going to do it for the ads. I'm going to let you get back to the rest of the episode here, the penultimate episode of the Adventure Zone Amnesty. Like I said earlier, episode 36, the next one is going to be the finale. Right now, the current plan is to have it up uh, Thursday, September 19th, but we haven't recorded it yet, so God only knows if that is actually a realistic delivery date. We will keep you in the loop, though, as to when the finale is going to go up, and uh, yeah, next time I talk to you, we'll be on the final episode, so see you then. Bye. The momentum catches you off guard as all of your senses return. You're standing on a, a small grassy island, and it's about 20 feet in diameter, and there's a, a warm wind blowing all around you, disturbing the grass on this small, lush plain, and then an object shoots by overhead, spun about by the breeze. It's another island, similar in size to your own, moving in a slightly faster orbit nearby. You stand in the core, and your body is light. You feel like you could drift away from, from this island at any second, but for, for whatever reason, your feet remain planted to the ground, and all around you, chunks of land from seemingly different biomes are all circling the center of this just, like, mile-wide chamber. As you survey all of these these islands around you, you realize where they come from. Every surface, every wall of, of this chamber is just full of life. It's full of like trees and grass and rivers and lakes and sand dunes and canyons. Just all these reminders of the land that used to exist up on the surface, all just stored here around the perimeter of the core of the planet. And then your island that you're standing on, it begins to rotate. And as it does, the heart of the quell dawns over its horizon. It is a perfect sphere, the most perfect sphere to ever exist, just flawless and reflective and deep red. And 
It's casting this warm light off of itself in flashes, in, in, in pulses. It is completely motionless, and yet it is seething. And you can't figure out like how you know that. It just is. And all of you feel your teeth grit reflexively as it comes into view. There's no smoke. There's no cloud. There's nothing to obscure your vision. You stand in the core of the planet with the heart of the quell in the distance. What do you do? I'm Sylvain. Hi. The sphere rolls. And it's like, it's far away enough that you can't really figure out just how big it is. But when you like look at all of these islands in its orbit, uh, you discern that it is um, like cosmic horror big. As it rolls just faster than your eyes can decipher, there is a new light that comes into view. At the center of the sphere's surface now, facing you, peering at you, is a hole in this flawless sphere. You see one of these huge islands like lose its orbit as the heart shifts and crashes into this, this enormous eye and is consumed and destroyed by it. And just instantly, a red tendril shoots out of this eye and crashes into the side of your island, uh, just instantly branching to form a loop around it, just lassoing it and beginning to retract it towards the center of the room. And it's howling as it does, and it's, it's letting out this deep reverberant wail that rattles the walls of this chamber, uh, forming cracks across the biomes. You see it drain a lake and, and just topple a forest, and you feel these reverberations in your bones uh, and in your inner ear and you're able to make out a voice that says, So you've returned. Yes? I think she's talking to me, Sparky. Uh, the quell says, Indeed. I was, I was not, not addressing, addressing you, Aubrey Little. little. You, you refused to free me in the basement. You will be punished for that. that. How, How did, did you elude me, Arlo Thacker? Well, the last time I kind of just give in to you. I just kind of let you do that magic that you do, and I didn't fight you, and kind of roll with the punches. Kind of open myself up to you. You remember before I told you, I, if there's any way to avoid us having to slug it out, I, I think we ought to try to do that. It is it's nice, nice to, to have, have you back, back even now, at the end. end. Uh, and the eye turns back towards you now, Aubrey. I, um, I'm so, you probably didn't hear me before because I was a little far away, but I'm Sylvain, so there's no need for the end. Act under pressure. An eight. Act uh, plus zero, so an eight. Small, wiry tendrils whip out of the side of the, the larger tendril that is wrapped around your island, and they all whip at you, Aubrey, and you reflexively, you are able to uh, dodge out of the way of them, um, but uh, uh, two of them whip across your, your stomach and as you, as you dodge away, uh, and you take two harm. Okay. And you hear the quell say, This, this is heresy. Uh, and the eye shifts at you, duck, and you hear the quell say, I do not know this one. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm the only one you don't have a um, history with, huh? <laughs> you know, you're probably wondering why I'm here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I could wonder the same thing, honestly. Uh, but um, 
I guess we're just trying to get things a little calm. Seems like both our worlds are getting torn apart, and we're just hoping that you'll uh, kind of pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, the eye, like, now unfocuses from all of you and opens wider, and it starts to retract this island deeper towards it uh, even faster now. And you hear the quell say, It is centuries too late for us to find peace. I tried to warn you. You should have stayed where you were to perish with the rest of them. I'm going to do some big magic. Jesus. Okay. So Aubrey is going to close her eyes and say, "Okay, uh Sylvain, I need I this it's time. This is uh uh it's time to do our stuff. This is this is big magic, right? You are trying to conjure up Sylvain? Correct. Uh, I am going to say I get to decide what the requirements are for this big magic. Correct. Uh I am going to say you need two people to help, clearly. Yeah. Uh, And in the context of this, I think that just means keeping you alive as you are attempting to do this. Because the other thing that I'm going to say that this requires is uh, the spell will take a long time to cast. Okay. Duck and, and Thacker, you see Aubrey close her eyes in the same sort of meditative state that you saw her upstairs. Uh, and the eye like whips towards her as as she does this, and uh, does not slow it. Uh, it's it's retraction. You are now like you are now getting close enough to this thing that like the heat from it is getting a little bit a little bit unbearable. Uh, and Aubrey does not seem to respond to it. All right, then I think that's this is where Thacker would use psychic event and maybe do that to try to calm it down. Okay, roll. Uh, I guess plus weird. Whew. 10 plus 2 for weird. That's a 12. Very weird. Really weird. That's like weird. Extremely weird. Yeah. A lot of Not weird. Not the weirdest it could be, but definitely weird. Extremely weird. Here, you gain a definite impression about something important. Here, here's what I'm going to give you. As it is right now, the quell is furious beyond reason. The quell is as single-minded as anything could possibly be. And right now, you are standing in in the way of its, like, un- unimaginable violence. That that is, that is what the Quell is operating on right now. All of your pleas for, for peace or whatever are, are, are just not being heard whatsoever. But the thing I will also give you is that Deep, deep, deep inside there, you sense a a small bit of sadness at just the mention of Sylvain's name. It's not enough to like make make the quell you know change its mind right now. It's not enough to like derail its its mission, uh, its its crusade. But it is it is there. Um, but it is behind this this wall of just raw violent power. Duck, what do you do? I'm just gonna try to talk to it. Okay. Hey, I know you don't know me from Adam up there, Ego, but uh, can you just, like, calm down? What is the rush right now? I'm, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm barely hanging in there in terms of comprehension. All right? I'm a forest ranger by trade. I'm extremely out of my depth. 
can you just like walk me through what you are pissed off about right now? Maybe you're right. That's something we learned in that we had to take a conflict mediation class last year and it used up half my damn day. And I was pretty pissed at the time, but I did learn like sometimes it's just about like fucking listening. You know what I mean? Like where, where are you at right now? Maybe you're right. I have no clue. Have you told it your name? Have you said it out loud? My name's Duck. It's a nickname. You hear it say, Duck. I do not need a reason to destroy. Duck. I am destruction, Duck. And you see tendrils start to whip out of the, um, out of the, the larger tendril that is uh, holding onto your island. Uh, this, the same kind that struck, uh, that struck Aubrey. Now, wait a minute. Hold on. If you kill me, I can't tell you my real name. I know you're curious. You're curious, aren't you, big crazy planet? Uh, act under pressure, Duck. <laughs> oh, it is a six. Uh, plus what? Cool, eight. Uh, okay, can I help out? Well, you would only bring him up to a nine. Yeah, there's. I don't think there's any way to do that, unless Aubrey could help too. I'm busy. <laughs> I'm going to, I don't usually deal with this one, but uh, hell, it's, it's finale season. I'm going to give you a worse outcome. Uh, these tendrils are like raising up in the air like cobras about to strike. Uh, and then you all hear the wind next to you uh, just just whistling. And you look over just in time to see another island collide with your own. Uh, and both of them shatter and the three of you go flying. And now you are just caught in the orbit of this thing. Aubrey, you are still in this meditative state. You are just limp, flying in the air. Uh, and Thacker and Duck, you are no longer standing on anything. You are just sort of floating around the orbit of this planet, uh, of, of the Quell, uh, with these islands all around. You are meditating. What does this look like? What does this, this big magic look like? Um, so I think... It kind of looks like a conversation a little bit. I think she's trying to communicate with Sylvain, and I think it's mostly right now going like, listen, I, I know like that you were hurt. You showed me you were hurt, and that that is scary, and it took you a long time to even trust us enough to even connect with me like this, but this it's time. Let's let's fix it, right? You are talking to this this silhouette of... Sylvain, and you you feel it trying to open up to you. You feel it trying to like give you the power that you need right now to give to give you what you need to stop the quell. But it is she's she's just incapable of doing so. As you are in this meditative state, you feel yourself become somewhat vulnerable psychically, and as you are having this conversation and just this void, you see. Flecks of red start to float upwards from the floor. I need you to act under pressure. A nine? Plus cool. Plus cool is zero, so a nine. Make success. What, what if... Okay. I mean, she's in a psychic vision. Like, I don't know how. And I have psychic powers. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, Could I help out? Yes, absolutely. Why don't you roll, uh, roll to help out, plus cool. Damn. Wow, that's double sixes, folks. Twelve... 12 minus one, <laughs> the minus one cool. Backer so that's cool. 11. All right. That's generous. That, that bumps Aubrey up to a complete success. Uh, complete success. Here is what happens. All right. We're, guys, we're in the finale. It's going to be dramatic. Please, no more Borat. 
Okay, that's your opening offer is no more Borat. <laughs> I'm going to come in at three Borat. <laughs> and we'll see where now we Now I'm willing up. to do two Borat and a Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> Aubrey, you feel this space where you are trying to talk to Sylvain. You see it drift away. And then you hear the Quell's voice. Interesting. Interesting. Aubrey Little... I did not know. The guilt that you have carried with you since that night must be unbearable. You harbor such hatred and such shame. I can take that away. And then, Aubrey, you are standing in the living room of your old house. And it's nighttime and there is soft moonlight spilling in through the windows that are... Uh, it's it's illuminating the familiar trappings of your youth and whatever like brief moment of warmth or whatever you may feel is interrupted when you notice your father's unconscious body laying at your feet with a trickle of blood coming from his head and at the top of the stairs you you catch a glimpse of a strange man uh, up in the the collections room with a flashlight in hand and in front of you you see yourself and you're on the ground with your eyes closed and there's a burly silhouette kneeling over you, checking your your vitals before nervously returning to the, the foyer. You see Ned. And he's panicked and he's angry and he runs up the stairs and he's shouting for, for his partner's attention, just begging him to leave. And you see yourself lift up off the floor and you float behind Ned and you point at the at the man upstairs who looks at you just agog uh, as Ned does as you see your hair begin to float up and your eyes turn bright orange and you hold the fist up in the air and a ball of flame erupts at the top of the stairs and then it freezes in this moment where you are trying to to forge this connection with Sylvain you left yourself vulnerable and you start to see this scene like crackle and turn red and you feel just rage external rage coursing through you and then you hear Thacker shouting at you as if like from down like a long uh, a long corridor uh, what, is, what does he say? Aubrey don't give in to it Thacker? Are you in my house? No, no, I'm, huh? I'm in, How? yeah, I'm in my, this is my house when I was a kid. No, come back. Hey, what? Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Did it work? Did it work? As you are, like, distracted by Thacker's uh, tomfoolery, uh, you, you see, like, this, this red crackling start to drift away, and you feel this rage start to subside. I think she walks over to herself. Okay. I think she gently lays a hand on her own cheek and says, it's not your fault. The scene starts to move now very slowly. You see, you see this ball of fire detonate uh, in just this bright flash of light. And as it fades, you turn and you see Sylvain with Alexandra standing at her side. Duck, 
you are floating in orbit around the quell and its eye is following you. You are surrounded by these these shards of earth and stone uh, and you see some of them like get caught in the orbit and slam into other islands and just get destroyed. Uh, you are floating through space. What do you do? Am I, am I able to control my my trajectory? Thank you. That is exactly the word. Um, At all? What do you try to do to control your trajectory? Is there stuff floating by, flying by? There's like there's like shards and, and like planks of, of stone and stuff. Uh, all right. Here's what I do. Uh, are there someone within reach? Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, while I'm floating in space, I see a, a big sharp looking log fly uh, above me. And I pull out beacon and I whip, you know, make it go cord, cord, corded. <laughs> uh, I go whip shaped and uh, whip around it and spin around in the air as much as possible and try to chuck it at the quill. Uh, okay. Uh, why don't you? I don't even know if the physics of that fucking makes sense, but that's the only thing I can do. We're in a magical land, Justin. Yeah, I mean, the physics can be whatever the, you want them to be. Uh, are you trying to hurt the quell? Are you trying to, what are you trying to do? Distract it. Okay. Uh, I I hope that the the quell cannot be damaged by some hastily flung logs. Turns out driftwood was his one weakness. His one weakness. He's like a space Dracula. Uh, I then I think this is kick some ass. Okay. Right. Or if you're trying to distract it, I guess it could be act under pressure. Yeah, I feel I feel like probably act under pressure makes more sense, even though that's a okay. They're the same staff. Sure. So. Uh, go ahead and act under pressure, duck. That holy plus shit, guys. Two. That's a 12. Right there when I need it. You can take the advanced move. You may do either what you wanted to do and something extra, or you can do what you wanted with absolute perfection. I want to do what I wanted with absolute perfection. <laughs> what is that? I, I, I want to chuck that piece of wood, and it's spinning end over end, and it just like jabs in at the wildest and most improbable angle i want this thing to be afraid of me i want it to wonder what the fuck i am because it doesn't have any relationship to me and i just want its attention all that is all i'm trying to get to is i just want it to focus on me so aubrey can finish her business okay uh you you chuck this huge log into its side and it just spears into the quell and ah! <laughs> and the room like vibrates you said like the the flawless surface of this sphere you you send like a ripple through it and that ripple like turns sharp as it goes like you see little cubes appear in the ripple as it as it is injured in this way and it roars and you see it 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 it, as you like sort of come around the circle you see that it was reaching towards aubrey uh with just this like like a splash of red fluid that is just sort of like emitting from its side trying to just envelop her. And as you stab into it, you see that splash like spasm and fall limp and get sucked back up into the surface. Now, see, you see now, this is why it's so important in a conflict to keep focused on everybody else's needs. Because if you had been focused on my need, Right then, you would have totally seen that big stupid log coming at your dumb ass. Its eye turns towards you, and it was just, it was kind of a a bright yellow light before. Now it is 
furious red like the rest of it and uh Parts of parts of its body, just like splashes of red fluid, uh, begin to whip out of it uh, towards you, Duck. Uh, trying to trying to envelop you, Thacker. It's your turn. How close is Thacker to Duck? Um, you were standing well, on this. They don't know each other that well. It's only been a few <laughs> weeks, but they're sparks. Uh, you are you are in the same orbit, so I would say like you are you are fairly close to Duck. You could get to him. Okay, I tell you what, I think. Thacker's going to continue the same strategy. He wants to distract the uh, distract the quail too. Okay. So he throws his spiked walking stick at. Okay. It. It's act under pressure. It's the same thing he did, isn't it? I, w- I mean, I will give that to you. You are not going to hurt it at all. I know. Just distract. Okay. It. Oh my god, guys! That's a ten. Holy shit! <laughs> what the fuck's going on? Uh, okay. It's the power of love, Griffin. Oh, but wait, it's a nine because you acted under pressure and you have minus one cool. Except- Here he goes. Here he goes. When you have to act under pressure due to a monster phenomenon or mystical effect, you may roll plus weird instead of plus cool. This is about a monster if you think about it. Um, okay, yeah. You set out to- do- So it's a 12. It's a 12. You set out to do what you want to do. Uh, what happens, Thacker? Um, I, hopefully it'll distract it enough that the tendrils will move towards me instead of duck. Uh, okay. Yeah. You throw your walking stick at it, uh, and you throw it like near where this huge log has pierced into its side. Uh, and you're, it's just like Jason Statham and Meg. Hey, over here, over here. And smack in the water. I can't so believe the you Meg just referenced fucking him. Meg on our podcast. Everyone. If only there was a more well-known shark movie you could yeah. have referenced. <laughs> you, you throw your spear like near where the, the log jabbed into its side. And because it is so, so much smaller, I think it just kind of like, it gets in there a little bit and sort of dink. And you watch it fly off back into the orbit. Uh, but it does enough to make the quell turn back towards you, Thacker. And there's something about you that is just like inherently distracting to the quell. Um, you are, you are, and, ev- and everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Really. You are a mystery to this thing. Like you, you figured that out when you just got inside its head. You are the only thing to ever be under its influence and then not be. Uh, so uh, it turns towards you, uh, Thacker, and. Sure enough, like its tendrils just kind of curve in the air and they they start to wrap around you. Uh, Aubrey. Aubrey, this this scene of the night of the robbery is moving in slow motion. The 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 fire has just started to spread upstairs. You see both of the 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 men in this room like react to it uh, in in slow motion, and there is Sylvain. She takes a step towards you. And Alexandra does too. And then Alexandra kind of like shakes out of it a little bit and then looks up at at Sylvain and then looks at you and she says, She dwelled within you your entire life, Aubrey, up to this moment. And she watched you grow up and she loved you and loved who you became. And then in this moment, Aubrey, when... You were in danger. She finally managed to wrest control of the wheel, and in an effort to protect you, Aubrey, she destroyed your life. This is why she went into hiding, Aubrey, from the world, from the quell, from you. She couldn't bear what she did to you and 
and your family. You know, for an all-powerful God of creation and love, you're pretty dense. Both of them look horrified. Well, no. Alexandra looks horrified. Sylvain looks kind of in shock. Listen, hear me out, okay? You've been with me, right? So for the last, however long it's been, year, I don't know, it all blends together, right? Me and Duck and Ned and now Thacker and Mama and Barclay, we've all been trying to help people, right? And sometimes you fuck up. Sometimes people get hurt. Sometimes you can't. (sighs) Sometimes you act and you do things and you're wrong. And if you let the fact that you fucked up stop you from trying to help again, that's, that's the real mistake. I've fucked up so many times. You can't be afraid to help because, yeah, you might hurt. But you also might help. You just have to keep helping. Don't be afraid. I'm not. I trusted you. You said, I don't know what you said, but it made me feel like it would be okay. And I believe you. And now you have to believe me. It's gonna be okay. We can do this. Don't be afraid. As you are talking to her, as you are saying these things, the the scene continues and you see the, the, the two men run down the stairs by you as, as you're speaking and you see Sylvain truly take her form. She looks like you, Aubrey, and that may just be an effect of how she came back into the world, but, but she looks like you. Her hair is like this radiant shifting color. She has these bright orange eyes that are starting to well with tears and she walks up to you and she clasps her hands around one of your hands and she smiles and she gives you a kiss on the forehead and it I mean it blows your mind she's she's a deity and it's a it's a wild thing that nobody has ever experienced before And she takes a step back. And then she kind of cocks her head and grins, and she points behind you. You you see the house beginning to give way to the flames. There's, there's, you know, some of the infrastructure has started to collapse in in the flames. And framed in, in the doorway, cast in this wild orange light, you see Ned dragging you and your father to safety as the embers drift past him and up into the quiet night air. And Aubrey, you are awake. You see Thacker enveloped in in the quell's form, starting to pull him in. You see Duck furiously trying to free him. What do you do? I don't think you heard me. I said... I am Sylvain. Instantly, the quell retracts its tendrils and Duck and Thacker go flying. And the eye whips towards you, Aubrey. And you can tell it is 
terrified and overjoyed all at the same time. And those three words boom through the chamber. Uh, and Duck and Thacker, as you're flying around, you're catching glimpses of, of Aubrey and she is just this bright orange flame. And you see this flame as she yells this phrase just radiate through the chamber and and now like the, the gentle earthquakes that were sort of tearing apart the biomes around this room, they go ballistic and everything is shaking violently and you see just like parts of the chamber just like ripping off the walls and like you see trees and rocks and rivers just slowly migrating toward the quell in the center of this chamber and there is a large fissure in the ceiling that is spreading further and further apart and and slabs of rock are just falling through it into this like increasing cascade of of things that are now caught in the orbit around the quell and it's it's tendril is close to you Aubrey reaches out her hand. And as they touch, light spreads from your finger. It spreads from the tendril. And everything goes silent. From the fissure above, all of you see the crystalline heart of Sylvain, now filled with searing, brilliant orange light as it falls into the chamber like a heavenly spear, and the quell's eye gently closes. When your senses return, the chamber that you were just in has changed dramatically. The three of you are still just kind of floating, but you're no longer swirling around in this this violent orbit. In front of you, instead of seeing this, this perfect red sphere, now all you see is Sylvain. She's floating in front of you with Alexandra at her side, and... You also notice that, like, the chaos that had overtaken this room, all of these um, pieces of earth and all of these these chunks of those biomes all around the walls have slowly started to move back into place like pieces of a puzzle. And Sylvain takes a, a step towards you, uh, and she is just surrounded by these, like, orange sparks, almost like fireflies, Uh, with Alexandra at her side and she just looks at the three of you and she flashes this big toothy grin hello your planet ship Uh, I think Duck takes a knee um, and kind of puts Beacon in front of him and sort of in in a sort of nightly uh, (laughs) pose Uh, Thacker what do you do well, this is basically somebody he's devoted his whole life to. I mean, well, studying. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sylvain and archiving all the things. And I think he's just kind of stunned. I think he just, uh, like a, a single tear runs down his cheek and he's just 
overcome. He's just stunned. I don't think he says a, a damn thing. Uh, Sylvain kind of like like uh, grimaces a little bit, and Alexandra says, "Oh gosh, none of that's necessary. Oh gosh, uh, I mean, thank thank you, and it's it's really good to see the three of you alive and well." I don't know what... Thank you, obviously. You're welcome. How about that? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> it's. I think for Aubrey, this is probably like... Uh, at least the way that... I, I. It probably feels like suddenly talking to an older sibling. Right, That yeah. like... You, you've both always had and never known... And like... Feel connected to, but also like... Don't really know all that well. And like... It's got to be both like bizarre and comforting at the same time. Yeah, uh, she she actually f- like flies very quickly towards you, Aubrey, and kind of like pushes you back in the air with like a, just a big hug. She is she has watched you grow up your entire life, and now like she can touch you, and it's it is like it's all she wants to do is 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 give you a big hug. Does Aubrey feel any better? I, or not better, but does Aubrey feel any different? I'm curious as a as a as a listener and outside observer. This is not necessarily Duck asking because right. this is all way fucking out of his pay grade. I mean, but I'm curious if like Aubrey's been kind of a vessel, I guess, for so long. Like, do do you feel different with her not being inside of you? That's a good question, Griffin. Does do they still feel connected? Does Aubrey still feel magical? I'm not going to answer that. I think that um, she pulls away from you and uh, she like cups your face in her hands and looks at you and kind of pulls pulls away a little bit. And she says, and Alexandra says, so uh, Aubrey, what is this? What does this mean for us? Are you breaking up with me? No, you. <laughs> Aubrey, you've never known a life without my presence dwelling within you but you've you've finally brought me home so what's what's next i i mean i've enjoyed wow i was gonna say working with you but that doesn't even begin to scratch the surface um i like being connected to you we have done a lot of cool things and a lot of good for people and i mean listen i'm open to staying Staying in touch, as it were, staying connected, but I don't want to take you away from your home. Are we... Are Aubrey, Aubrey, when was the last time someone asked you what you wanted? And as she says that, you realize that that was the thing that she said to you that you couldn't quite understand uh, when, when you were in the, in the temple above. What do you want, Aubrey? Wow. Um, I'll be honest with you, Sylvain, that is a big old question, right? Because right now, on, on like, kind of the low end is, like, a sandwich. Like, I'm really hungry. We've been doing a lot of shit today, and I haven't eaten. I had, like, a breakfast bar. Other than that, since basic, ugh. I offered you gorp. I'm not <sighs> eating that disgusting shit, Thacker. She says, no, Aubrey... I can be with you and be with my world and my people. I can keep you with me and work with you from within. Tell me what 
what you want, Aubrey. Your destiny is no longer bigger than you, Aubrey. What do you want? I'd like to be able... I want to be able to explore and to experience and to make my own decisions. But I don't want to do that without you. I... Listen, can I be honest with you? I like having power. <laughs> I like being able to help people and protect myself and protect my friends. And I like that. I don't want to lose that. But I also want to be able to live a life where I make decisions and sometimes take a day off when I need to. And sometimes just stay in bed and watch cartoons if I need to. So like she kind of she kind of like rolls her eyes back like oh yeah right and just like eat pizza without having to worry if me taking a day off is like the is going to destroy the world. Uh, Alexander says, "I think we're both out that," and she nods at you and kind of hovers away, and then she looks over at you, Thacker, and sees you with this tear in your eye. She floats over to you, and Alexandra says, The three of you saved this world and saved me, but, Thacker, it's it's because of you that the quell was spared also. I thank you, Thacker, thank you. It, it was my honor to, to do this, and I thank you for giving me a purpose in my life. <laughs> she grins, and Alexandra says, you've got more going on than, than just that, Thacker. Know this, though. The path that the Quell walked is is not so easily traveled in reverse. The threat is, is ended, yes, but I pray that one day the Quell will return to me. And she bows. And then she floats over to you, Duck, where, where you are kneeling on the ground and just kind of uh, looks looks down on you gracefully. We don't really need a thing. I know you and I don't really know each other, but we don't need to do a... Don't feel like... I don't feel like short-changed if we don't do a thing. Th- hey, th- this is all cool. This is all great, though. It's, I'm all... I mean, I'm very pleased. <laughs> Don't think that I'm like not. I'm thrilled. I just don't feel like we have to do a, you know. And I miss you the most of all, duck. Because we're not. It's fine. It really is fine. She smiles and just kind of shrugs, and she just puts a hand on your shoulder for a second, and uh, it it is the wildest feeling you've ever felt in your entire life, uh, and. Then she walks backward towards Alexandra, and she nods at Alexandra, who walks towards the three of you and stands near you, and light starts to fill this chamber. Wait, wait, hold on. Um, okay, I... lights, light light goes away from the chamber. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Sylvain, I, I don't know how many opportunities the three of us are going to get to, like, speak face-to-face to, you know, a god- um, there's been so much destruction and anger and we've lost friends and is what, what happens now? What happens? She smiles and floats over to you and 
just points at you. And she places a hand on your heart and she just grins. And Alexandra at your side says, we'll figure it out together. And then the chamber's filled with light and your vision fades. Aubrey and Thacker, the two of you awaken in a bed of flowers. And the sky above is is a pale blue. There's a, a flock of birds, actual, actual birds, not monster birds, that uh, fly overhead. And you track them uh, while laying in, in, on the ground. Uh, you, you track them until your vision is obscured by a towering orange crystal that is symmetrical and sprawling outward like the crown of a tree. And as the two of you sit up, you you see the city of Sylvain as you never have before. You see it in daylight. And you see the survivors that, that were inside the castle that uh, they, they've moved outside. They're moving the barricades away into the courtyard here. And they are seeing to the Sylvans that are beginning to awaken on the street. Uh, Aubrey, you see one of them, like, nursing a, a bruised, very badly kicked hand. Uh, and all of these people uh, uh, waking up on the street are just, like, shaking their heads. They're bleary-eyed as if, as if they're awakening from a long slumber. Um, and near you, you see Vincent, who is tending to Alexandra and Duck, uh, both of whom have, have yet to awaken, uh, and Janelle is is sitting with her back against the crystal, uh, just so, so weary. She looks at you as you, you sit up, Aubrey, and Janelle says, Aubrey, I have great news. You can touch the crystal whenever your heart so desires. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm cool for right now. She smiles and she says, I know it's time for celebration, but do you think they'd let us take a nap first? Oh my god, you <laughs> read my mind. Oh, you know, I'm going to say as saviors of an entire planet, maybe even dimension, not sure how it works, I think we can probably take a nap whenever the fuck we want. Uh, She laughs and she says- Also, a sandwich? If I could get a sandwich, I'm so hungry. I'm not your your maid. I'm not asking you, uh, okay. Janelle. Uh, you can have a sandwich too. If someone could bring us just a big party platter. Uh, as you're looking for a party platter, you hear a voice booming from the entrance to the courtyard that says, "Hear me, voices of evil! You're oh." And you look over and see Agent Stern, uh, with a with just like a big baseball bat that he's holding, and he says, "Oh, is it done? Yeah." Oh, y'all were gone for a while. I thought maybe we could come, we should come help. Do you have a kind bar? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, in walks with him, uh, Mama and Minerva and Danny. And Mama's like, yeah, thank you. Um, You missed your hero window there, bud. And Danny is just beaming. Just like from being back home and seeing that you survived, Aubrey, she's like looking all around. And when she sees you, she runs and just like, tackles you to the ground and uh, she she picks you up and looks at you and she says 
So I have a, a super weird story to tell you um, that you are not going to believe. Oh, me too. Oh man. No, tr- is- no. Trust me, mine's gonna mine's gonna blow your mind. Oh really? Because like mine too. Like no, like I- se- seriously. Okay. You want to say it on three? We'll say it on three. Okay. One, okay. One two, two, three. three. Dr. I had Harris Sylvain Bonkers living inside of me, into- and then she. Wait, what did you say? What did you say? I had Sylvain living inside me. What about Dr. Harris Bonkers? He like walks on two legs and stuff now. Uh, huh? Uh, you had Sylvain inside of you? Yeah. Apparently, this whole fucking time, like since I was born. Sylvain, the goddess of, you know, your planet, was like inside this one, and she does like the two thumbs, and then we went downstairs and jumped out a pit, and then I talked to Sylvain, uh, she popped out, stopped the quell, and then like we hugged, what's up, I hugged your god, and then she like was like we would totally chilled for a bit and then we're back here and I saved your planet um but I'm not going to like play down your thing because I yeah. would like to hear about my bunny that apparently yeah. is now like the white rabbit from Alice in Wonderland so can I like can I still like hang out with you oh absolutely but do you know hey I want you to know because she's not like she, we're now we've got kind of a timeshare thing going on, but <laughs> I want you to know when we kissed, you were kissing a god. What's up? She like falls backward and like I know is like about to faint. She's like, all right, can we slow slow, slow it down? Yeah, slow it down. I know. Hey, uh, what's that like, huh? <laughs> you were kissing a god, and every time I ate burritos, a god was eating burritos. <laughs> Uh, Mama walks over to you, Thacker, and, and helps you up to your feet. And she says, So, uh, just like uh, old times, huh? Kinda? Uh, I don't know there, Maddie. I don't know if I've ever had any old times quite like that. Um, I tell you, though, it was really cool. And I got, I got so much to write down. I got so... We got a lot of work to do. We got a lot hey, of work okay. to do. Hey, hey, easy, are, easy there, partner. Why don't, how about are you are you are you feeling all right? Are you doing all right? Oh yeah, I feel uh, top notch, bud. But I think maybe let's let's put a brief hiatus on the work we have to do. I think it's probably time we celebrate maybe our retirement from monster hunting. Oh, screw retirement! It ain't. <laughs> Retirement's for not for me. No, no, I got a lot of stuff to do. Maybe a little break. How about a yeah. hiatus? What do you say we go celebrate the old way down at Brewster's Pub, huh? Assuming it's, uh, you know, assuming it's still standing. Shuffleboard and wings? Yeah! Duck, finally, you you wake up. <gasps> Next time I'm going to be unconscious, let, let me know, man. I'll go hit the head <laughs> or get a power bar or you something. You glimpse around to see what your cohort's saw a minute ago you you see um you see the planet beginning to revive and you also see minerva and her her battle robe is uh slightly torn and she is towering above you blocking out the sun and she says welcome back doc newton oh uh man thank you how how did you hold up how was the fight and everything she nods and she says we did very well. 
it it seems you did also. Yeah, I didn't actually end up beating a lot of ass. Um, I mean, I'm glad I got to see it and everything, but uh, I don't know. I hope I played my part. She kind of grins and looks to the side and bends over and... Uh, a few feet away, she picks up Beacon out of the grass and hands it to you. And she says, You've done the impossible, Duck Newton. You did what I could not. You you saved two worlds. Remarkable. I don't know much. I don't know about that. That seems very generous. But um, if I'm anything at all, a little part of this, I, I'm, uh, I owe it all to you. Thanks for... I never said this, but thanks for picking me. I, I know it was kind of random and stuff but thanks hey what's what's going on you you seem kind of preoccupied she she sits down now uh and she looks over at you and she says you know what's wrong duck newton the quell it wasn't the one who orchestrated the attacks on your world we missed something Duck Newton. I mean, it's. I'm not going to say it's not in the back of my head, but I I don't know, Nerva. What do you What do you want me to do about it? I mean, I I'm in there fighting with gods, and I'm a strong guy with a sword and you know pretty good constitution. I mean, I, can't we just leave well enough alone? She says, I don't know if we're going to have the option. And you hear a faint whining noise in, in the distance, just, just miles away. You start to see, like, a line forming in the sky in the distance. And she says, Duck Newton, that, that archway, it's not a rift, Duck. It's a, it is a tunnel. I, I believe it's a tunnel through and then she looks around in a panic and she says Duck Newton you, you've been conscious for 134 seconds and she leans in close and she grabs your shoulders and she says you have 134 seconds to stop them and then the sky is torn in two roll plus weird six five shit you know what? I'm going to use a luck point. Whoa. I don't even know what the fuck this is. But, you know, we ain't going that much longer. I'm going to use a luck point. Okay. Jack that up to 12. The sky is torn in two. A rift miles long appears in the distance. And through it, Duck, you see stars. More vividly than you've ever seen them before. And there is a bright light through the rift, too, and a and a heat, an unbearable heat. And then it comes into focus. This rift empties into outer space, into an unsurvivable orbit with a nearby bright white star. And the heat hits first, miles away. The land beneath this scar in the sky is just evaporated and then ripped from the ground. And you see just the surface of this world in the distance, 
peeled upward, just shattering and, and flying upward into the scar. And then Minerva looks at you, and Minerva says, It's time to confront, and then she's gone. As is everyone around you. They are just ripped from Sylvain's gravitational pull in an instant. And the castle nearby breaks apart into the vacuum, just burning as it flies into space. The whole of the city flies into this scar. It devours everything in sight, leaving only you, Duck. You are weightless and floating as you survey the destruction. You survey this this beam of white-hot light that is pouring through the rift, just immolating everything in its path. And that's when you remember you've seen this vision before. This is what you saw the night of your first vision, of your first encounter with Minerva. This was the first revelation you were ever granted about your destiny. It's a dream no longer. It is here. And then that scene is gone. Now you are standing by the archway in Sylvain. The opaque white light inside of the archway begins to fracture. And then you open your eyes and you see Minerva standing above you blocking out the sun. And she says, Welcome back, Doc Newton. We're out of time. She opens her eyes with shock and then lowers a hand to pick you up from the ground. We got 128 seconds. She nods and she says, what do we do? We got to close the gate. She looks over down the main drag at the hill with the archway standing on it. And she says, I'll clear the way. And she begins just charging, charging down the main drag, just knocking everybody out of the way in, in almost a, a, a football play, just just barreling through making a line for you. What do you do? Uh, I'm just charging after her, just following in her, in her wake as, as we run to the gate. And I'm screaming, anybody, please, for the love of God, come on, anybody, we got to close the gate now. We have 108 seconds. As soon as Duck and Minerva starts running, I'm going to say that Aubrey just goes. Okay. And Thacker follows. Mama does too, for sure. Mama, Mama follows and... Uh, Agent Agent Stern follows after. Vincent also like stands up from from where he was standing over Alexandra and begins like charging after, yelling like, "Clear the way! Move! Move!" Ninety eight seconds. You charge down the main drag and hearing Vincent's voice and seeing this enormous woman charging towards them. People start to like jump out of the way as your group charges upwards up the stairs up to the plaza with the archway. Minerva says, what did you see, Doc? What did you see? They're opening a, a, a fissure, and it's going to suck everybody the hell out into space. Uh, it's bad. It's real bad. What do we do, Doc? We got to close this fucking gate. Vincent, is there, is there like a spell? Is there a way to close the gate? If there was a way to close the gate, Aubrey, we would have done it long ago. You guys ever tried C4? See what? Boom block. Come on, C4, bomb, explode, boom, boom, Agent boom. Agent Stern speaks up and he's like, uh, Doc, that's, uh, that's, that, that is pretty dangerous stuff. I, uh, 
You want to see dangerous stuff, chill out another 78 seconds. Okay, listen. Problem con, real quick. Con, uh, we'll close the door. We'll probably be stuck over here. Uh, pro, I trust Duck. So, plant that shit. I'm already planning it. I'm like, I'm getting the bomb and planting it on the game. Everybody, how are we gonna detonate it? How are we gonna detonate it? We'll figure out something. Everybody, scoot back, scoot back, scoot back. Yeah, take cover. That stuff's gonna be poked. Yeah, everybody starts lining up behind the columns, just stacking up to find shelter from the blast. Aubrey, you already been a god today. You think you can handle being a fuse? Sure. Well, it? Yeah, why not? And Aubrey closes her eyes and starts, like, you know, magicking. Duck, you're right next to Minerva, who is grinning. She is surprisingly excited for what's about to happen. And she puts a hand on your shoulder and looks down at you. And she says, I'm with you to the end, Duck Newton. And Duck leans in real close. You can call me Wayne. And Aubrey opens her eyes and says abracadabra and shoots the blast of fire. Maximumfun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hello there, ghouls and gals. It is I, April Wolf. I'm here to take you through the twisty, scary, heart-pounding world of genre cinema on the exhilarating program known as Switchblade Sisters. The concept is simple. I invite a female filmmaker on each week, and we discuss their favorite genre film. Listen in closely to hear past guests like the Babadook director, Jennifer Kent, Winter's Bone director, Deborah Granick, and so many others every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Tune in if you dare. It's actually a very thought-provoking show that deeply explores the craft and philosophy behind the filmmaking process while also examining film through the lens of the female gaze. So, like, you should listen. Switchblade Sisters. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. It's a podcast that we do as uh, we ma- we are married. And how's the ad going so far? Because I think it's going very good. <laughs> we talk about things we like every week on Wednesdays. One time Rachel talked about pumpernickel bread. It was so tight. You cannot afford to miss her talking about this sweet brown bread. We also talk about music and poems and, you know, weather. There is one. Weather? <laughs> one time Rachel talked about Baby Beluga, the song, for like 14 minutes. And it just really blew my hair back. <laughs> so check us out on MaximumFun.org. It's a cool podcast with chill vibes. Amber is the color of our energy, is what all the iTunes reviews say. <laughs> they will now. 